Lots of things going on in the downtown area, even though summer is slowly beginning to wind down. Lots of stuff you can do and talk and participate. So join us in studio is our good friend Taylor Schaefer, uh, who represents downtown Indy. Schaefer, how's it going? It's good. It's an exciting <laughs> time of downtown. Uh, so what's been going on downtown lately? Uh, everything. Uh, we had a wonderful 4th of July event just last month where we saw tens of thousands of people come down to enjoy the fireworks on the American Legion Mall. We have Spark on the Circle, which I think has really transformed that Southwest Quadrant, bringing food, drink, games, uh, amenities, everything you could possibly want for enjoying a beautiful afternoon right there on Monument Circle. Um, so overall, how would you say downtown is doing you know, economically, public safety-wise, scale of 1 to 10? 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of things to include with just a number there, Abdul. I think things are wonderful in downtown. I mean, truly, it's been exciting even within the last, I'm going to say, 60 days. It's felt like there are so many more people out on the streets. It's felt like there's so many more people back in office consistently. And I think that there are probably individual reasons for that. But I tell you that I spoke with someone at Salesforce not too long ago, and they've had a couple of record-setting post-pandemic badge-in days. I don't think the the feel and the vibrancy and the, the um, foot traffic is exclusively because of their organization, but I think it's indicative of what we're seeing at companies and businesses all across downtown, which is more people back in the office, more people enjoying the downtown. And I think when that happens, it always inevitably feels safer. I think it always inevitably feels more vibrant and exciting. When downtown's empty, you lose some of that. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, our businesses, like I said, we're sort of in the post-pandemic world. A lot of folks still work remotely. Are we starting to see that the downtown labor force come back i consistently we're seeing trends indicate people back in the office probably about three days a week monday and friday is always the lowest in terms of downtown population i would joke and say monday and friday is always the lowest days pre-pandemic I, I think that's absolutely <laughs> true and tuesdays tuesday wednesday thursday we see uh, we see a pretty markedly higher level of both street level foot traffic but also people coming into the downtown how are we doing downtown public safety wise it's always something that uh, is top of mind for us and i think we're constantly coming up with new and creative ways of both leveraging technology and utilizing uh, our bike patrols and downtown district to prioritize public safety downtown with that said i think it's been a um a really positive season here in downtown when it comes to public safety. I was laughing the the weekend um, of both Black Expo and a, a half a dozen or a dozen big major crowd events downtown. I ended up having to be out of town that weekend and talking to our public safety folks. All of those reports were positive and it. it I think is indicative of both how excited people are to get back out and be doing things, um, how big crowds are for things like that. It, it, people want to connect. People want to enjoy downtown. People want to be out there. But they're also being, I think, respectful and um, thoughtful about what public safety looks like downtown. Yeah, because I think we have uh, downtown and particularly IMPD credit uh, for that second Saturday night of Indiana Black Expo, which in the past, you know, has always sort of been plagued with, you know, Kind of young people sort of running around uncontrolled and the whole nine yards. Uh, it was quiet, peaceful. 
Yeah, they had a little bit of the, the usual Saturday night stuff in a downtown area, but that was like, okay, well, look, a guy drive down the wrong way, shoot in Washington. Well, that's called, you know, that's called Saturdays. Agreed. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing is you had all of those major events happening. You had a large convention happening at the same time as Expo. You also had a bike party where that had a, the original meeting place was on the canal, which had hundreds of families late at night wandering around. And you had, there was a lantern lighting uh, right by the State Museum all of which are big, dense crowds, all of which are trying to navigate traffic and one another. And those dynamics can, I think, at times lead to both traffic frustrations and public safety challenges. And we had a wonderful weekend. Taylor Schaefer, Downtown Indy, with us on the program today. Talk about sort of downtown, what's been going on with downtown uh, lately. Uh, let's talk about the homeless issue. Uh, obviously, uh, homelessness is an issue that uh, impacts a lot of cities across the United States, not just uh, Indianapolis. Uh, what's being done uh, with, the, with the downtown homeless problem? Because in the summertime, it seems, uh, you know, nice weather. We all want to enjoy the circle. So the people who are housing challenge want to enjoy the circle, too. Absolutely. I, I, I think... I think a couple of things. I think it, in those in those summer months when the weather is nice, it, it, the conversations around homelessness always seem to increase in part because uh, it's a visibility thing. We're spending more time outside and I think people of people of all types are spending more time outside, which means that a lot of those conversations I think can occur more frequently. We, uh, as you know, Abdul, received about $3.5 million from the city of Indianapolis at the beginning of the year. Uh, those are federal funds. They're one-time funds, and they're really intended to be utilized over an 18-month period. Part of what we're doing with those dollars is providing additional capacity to service providers to really focus on downtown. Because while we know that people experience homelessness all across Marion County, it is oftentimes more visible downtown. It is oftentimes more impactful uh, downtown. And I think often you see people who are experiencing chronic homelessness in the mile square in a way that is different than the rest of the county. And so uh, those dollars have funded um, additional outreach positions with people really focused on not just building relationships, but then trying to move people through that continuum of services and getting them housed uh, to ensure that we're being really intentional within this downtown area, understanding the importance of downtown, not just for Indianapolis, but really for central Indiana. How is uh, our current efforts to deal with homelessness different than, say, in the past? Because I remember you used to work in City Hall, mm -hmm. 24th floor. I've been covering City Hall for almost 20 years. Yep. It seemed like every at the beginning of the spring we have a news conference. Hey, we're going to do this to solve our homeless issue. And then, you know, three or four months down the road, homeless are still, the still same homeless people you saw before are still there. So how are... How's, how is what we're doing sort of different from what we maybe have been done in the past? I mean, I, I would tell you that the, what what these positions have effectively done is triple the amount of outreach happening in downtown. What had happened previously is Horizon House had two individuals that were working sort of mile square and kind of in their footprint. Mm -hmm. This has effectively tripled that level of outreach. I think there are challenges that are consistent year over year in terms of connecting people to those services they need of getting them housed of uh, of really trying to address some of those underlying issues whether that's mental health or substance abuse uh, but it's also about the unique nature of our downtown I mean, realistically 
often homelessness presents differently when you're thinking about people that you're seeing every day in downtown. And so we're really trying to support our service providers. We're trying to ensure that uh, our service providers have the capacity that they need to really move the needle and to be able to build relationships with downtown businesses to be able to understand the challenges that they're facing too, because that is often a two-way street. And what we so often hear from downtown businesses is that they want to be helpful, is that they want to be engaged, is that they don't want to have an overreaction or uh, be in some way detrimental uh, to individuals experiencing homelessness, but they also need to operate their business. They need to ensure that they're taking care of their customers and their employees. And we want to ensure that we have the resources to be able to have that dialogue both ways. Taylor's here for Downtown Indy with us on the program. Can talk about downtown Indianapolis and what has been going on uh, as of late. Uh, let's talk about Sparks on the Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, how's it going? I think it's going really well. Uh, we were really clear-eyed on the front end that we wanted to be um, responsive, that we wanted to understand what it looked like to operationalize the space, to keep up with everything from cleanliness to public bathrooms. And just to- so folks know, Sparks on the Circle is that sort of southwest corner mm-hmm of the quadrant of the circle that's been sort of closed off. It's more recreational mm-hmm. families, that type of deal. It, it truly sh- looks and feels like a park right there in the heart of the circle. And it has everything from tables and chairs and benches for people to be able to just sit outside. Uh, it, it Not a day goes by, including me just a few minutes ago, that I don't see someone working remotely from out there. It's a nice way to be able to have a break from the office or the apartment in downtown. Uh, but it also has programming. We have artists. We have games. We have a food uh, truck. A f- <laughs> we have a food and beverage stand to be able to have consistent food and beverage out, uh, hours out there. And really hope to be able to just give people a different type of experience. But I would also say, going back to one of your previous questions, that as we talk about events, as we talk about public space activations, we're also continuing to be laser focused on what the impacts are for public safety, what the impacts are for overall vibrancy, and what additional foot traffic means for first floor retail and businesses downtown, knowing that two days a week working from home has changed the way people interact with downtown. The uh, uh, still, I would say, slow or still recovering uh, business travel market is continuing to impact downtown. So how can we be doing events that aren't just really nice, well-executed events, but are ones that are driving foot traffic, that are thinking through the lens of public safety and cleanliness and trying to impact those outcomes those experiences through the type of work that we do one of the big questions uh about uh, sparks and circle it's not necessarily about sparks but so the sort of the bigger question the bigger picture is what's going to happen with monument circle uh we know from our from mutual friend dan parker that sort of fixing the circle is a is a costly endeavor so there's been some talk about maybe closing off the circle to traffic but the, but then the question is okay what do you do with the circle because it's not like a lot of small towns in Indiana has a lot of retail businesses. It's a private club, it's a church, it's a insurance company, it's a it's a radio station. Mm-hmm. So what it, so what what are talks about the circle long term? The funny thing, Abdul, is 
I the week that we were opening Spark, someone sent me a news clip from 1978 when they were reopening the circle from construction. The last time we had to rebuild Monument Circle because turns out that a bunch of bricks laying in a circle is a complicated way of having a, a, a steady road. roadway. Yeah, uh, and you they were interviewing people. WTHR was interviewing people, asking them what they thought of the circle and if it should be closed down permanently to be able to provide a recreational space there. It's it's interesting to me how often we as a community sort of revisit uh, issues that uh, have common threads throughout many, many decades here in Indianapolis. I guess what I would tell you is that this has been a really wonderful proof of concept for what it looks like to view probably our city's most iconic area differently. That doesn't change the fact that Hilbert Circle Theater is home to the symphony. It's home to Yuletide. It's home to so many events and traditions. The Christchurch Cathedral has a, a growing congregation that utilizes that space every Sunday. We want to ensure that whatever we do has solutions and outcomes that really benefit everyone. And I'll tell you, I've been really pleased by how many Monument Circle or Monument Circle adjacent stakeholders have had really positive things to say about Spark. But I don't know then that the next step is necessarily a circle-wide event. But I think continuing to think about how we activate that space, how we think differently about that space um, moving into the future. If you guys want to close down Georgia Street, I'm totally cool and perfect. 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 Can, can I tell you, that may be because you hang out there less, but I can assure you that there are uh, delivery trucks and hoteliers that would say otherwise to you. Yeah, I, I guess they, uh-huh. they probably would. Uh, our good friend Taylor Schaefer with us for a few more minutes on the program. Just kind of talk about sort of downtown and what's been going on uh, in the downtown area. Uh, I want to say you guys put out a news release recently. recently lots of... Uh, New businesses, sort of new endeavors open up in the downtown area. What's been going on with that area? That's absolutely true. We're seeing new first floor retail popping up all across the Mile Square, as well as really those adjacent cultural districts and neighborhoods. Uh, Areas like Stutz, which have seen... Um, that factory and facility has seen incredible redevelopment. So many of those uh, first floor restaurants and coffee shops and bars and stores are now starting to open, I think, bringing wonderful kind of both retail and hospitality amenities to that corner of our downtown. We're seeing all up and down Mass Ave and in the wholesale district, new uh, restaurants and businesses opening their doors, new announcements even uh, with with openings still a little bit further in the future uh, occurring along Washington and, like I said, throughout the wholesale district. I think there's sort of this pent-up demand uh, and interest in downtown. Um, our downtown is unique. It, it it has for so long, I think, been really tailored to visitors. And whether that was visitors coming in for a convention, visitors coming in for an event, or people driving into office towers. And you're talking about a downtown that has now seen a nearly 50% increase in residential population since 2010. So I want to say it's like a 98% 
uh, housing occupancy in the downtown area. That's right. I think that number will continue to come down a little bit as more units come onto the market. But you're absolutely right. It, it looks more like a neighborhood. It looks more like a residential place than it really has at any point in the city's history. And I think you're starting to see amenities catch up with that. Steakhouses are wonderful for a, a certain type of visitor and resident. But I'd I think, argue... I think Indianapolis has the highest per capita steakhouses <laughs> than any city I've ever been to. <laughs> but I think so many of these new additions. Uh, think about Tinker Coffee right there on the corner of Market and New Jersey. Those are those are places and spaces that are being built out with the idea that all of a sudden we have residential density around us in a way that we haven't historically. What does it look like to have amenities that talked about work from home, we know that people are working from home from downtown too. So how do we provide the type of amenities that get them out of those apartments, that get them out of those houses or condos and into those kind of third spaces to enjoy downtown and, and support downtown businesses? i got about a minute or so left. Uh, what's coming up for downtown and say the rest of the year? Well, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Circle of Lights. I think that is always a central Indiana favorite. I think last year we added several new components to that experience, um, and we will see that again the Friday after Thanksgiving. Families should mark their calendar. It will really serve as the kickoff to the holiday season in downtown, and uh, we're looking to do even uh, more new things this year to bring people into downtown to celebrate the holidays. All right. Well, I guess the program day has been a good friend, Taylor Schaefer, downtown Indy. Uh, so if we, uh, somebody wants to find out what's going on downtown, where can they go? How can they find out about it? Uh, I, would tell, I would send them to downtownindy.org. And uh, th- there there's a calendar and a blog. Uh, they can also visit our social channels um, to see any number of things that were to get a snapshot of what all is happening in downtown. I'd ask you guys what your Twitter handle is. Now we'd be like, what is your X handle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. Taylor Schaefer, downtown Indy. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks for being with us today. Good to talk to you, too. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.